You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From Arlovi Newman. Here's our parents. Sean and Camille Brace. Hello, this is Mission Lab. My name is Camille Brace, and I am here with my husband, Sean, of course. And today you're listening to episode 42, which is entitled Stay in Your Lane. Yes, it is called Stay in Your Lane. We'll get to what we mean by that in a minute, but we want to remind you that for our episode that we will release on April 2, we are going to have a special question and answer episode where we are soliciting your questions about mission, discipleship, church, the gospel, and uh, we would love to answer your questions. And so we are inviting you to send them via email, seanbrace at gmail.com, or via Twitter, or which is, again, my uh, Twitter handle is seanbrace, or our MLab podcast Twitter handle, and we are going to up the ante here a little bit, Camille. Yes, yes. We are going to offer, this is what we're going to offer, a free book to one lucky person. And the way that you would be able to qualify for the book is if you send us a question and we select your question, then all those who are selected for a question to be answered on the podcast will enter into a drawing that we will pick at random and the winner will receive a book. What's the book we have for our friends, Alex? Can I be Alex Trebek? Uh, I don't Jeopardy? know. Or is it Vanna? I, I don't know. know. Okay. The book is Saturate by Jeff. Vanderstel, yes. We've talked about him Numerous times. Numerous times. And uh, since we did not write the book, we will not autograph it for you. I think that would be a little awkward if we <laughs> autographed it for you. Um, if you already have the book, which I hope a lot of our listeners have gone out and purchased since we've uh, endorsed it a few times, we will negotiate and we could find another book to have sent to you. So we want Trust those- me, Sean has like... Mm-hmm. Five bookcases I'm looking at right now with books on them. Just yes. reading. Now, you wouldn't get one of his books. We we would get you a brand new book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not like one that <laughs> I, like a cop. Like, I thought you meant a book that I've written. I have written books, but. No, no, no I wasn't no, talking no, about no, that. No, no. Not a book that, like, that has all my underlines from Jeff Anderson. Correct. Yes, we would actually send you a brand new book. We are um, not rich, but we're not that poor to have to send you a used copy of our own. So those questions need to be submitted by March 29, 2018. If you're listening to this in like 60 years from now, you're too late. Um, So March 29, 2018, submit those questions again to seanbrace at gmail.com or at Sean Brace on Twitter or at MLab Podcast on Twitter. Um, so yeah, now that we've taken up 
three or minutes. Or snail mail. Maybe someone does or snail mail. Or snail mail, but we're not giving you our address. So that would be <laughs> real. Or, yeah, no, we're not giving you our address. Um, so anyway, now that we've gone on for almost four minutes on this, one of my pet peeves, no offense to anyone else who does podcasts, is that when people ramble on for like five minutes or 10 minutes at the beginning. I'm like, just get to the subject. And now you've become a pet peeve. Yes, I have become a pet peeve. So uh, without further ado, Camille has, Camille's the stat geek. I do love stats, I mean, I like as stats I mentioned before. Well. But we have just uh, mm-hmm. gleaned some interesting stats this week uh, uh, based on a little research I've been doing. And Camille, what are those stats, which is going to launch us into our topic today. All right. So these statistics are based from our conference, which is the Northern New England Conference. Of Seventh-day Adventists. So this is a Seventh-day Adventist thing. So this encompasses Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. Yes. Those three states. Um, And I'm sure many of you who are not from around this area may get confused with the New England states. People don't know. Because they are small. on They're the smaller small. side. Yeah. But they are unique and individual in their own right. Yes. But anyway, so these stats are from our specific Northern New England Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Um, and we've talked about how in the past, wanting change, mm-hmm. needing to have change because... What we've been doing isn't working. And we don't want to keep beating a dead horse or sound like a broken record, but we we just need to keep saying the emperor has no clothes. So just in this conference alone, five out of the last seven years, membership has gone down. So there's been a decline. Just in this conference. In, this, in, in a decline. Five of the last seven years. And then just in the last year, 2017, more people died... More members died. Yes, more members died than actually new ones were baptized. Were baptized and came into the church. So there were more deaths than baptisms. Let's just correct. So break it down very easily. Yeah. Um. And out of the and out of those baptisms, there was fifty one baptisms in fifty six churches, which means some churches didn't even get baptisms. Yeah. And and. Yeah, there's, so there's 56 Seventh-day Adventist churches in, in Maine, New Hampshire, in and Maine, Vermont. New Hampshire, and Vermont, and there was 51 baptisms. And we, not that we're doing all that great in our local church, but we had multiple baptisms in 2017, and so that tells you that there were some that had zero, but even the stat itself would tell you there were some that had Correct. zero. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, baptisms aren't everything because, no. you know, discipleship can happen without baptisms. But just sometimes, you know, those statistics can kind of give you just a broader picture of what is going on. Um, now, Northern New England is actually very unique in the fact that we don't have many in- immigrants to mm-hmm. this area. It's mm-hmm. 96% white. Um, so there's not a lot of growth. And so this statistic is a little bit off from what you would see maybe in other conferences where there's more immigrants, you would see more growth probably in those churches, um, because immigrant populations are more, are more likely to come to a faith experience. Yeah, they're more receptive to the gospel in general. You go move to a new place, you don't know anybody, you are eager to connect with people, um, you're, yeah, just in, just in general. So we like can't hide our state. 
I don't mean state as in you know the state of Maine. We just can't hide where we are because there's, like you said, there's a lot of other conferences that or other parts of the United States where there's lots of, you know, there's a fair number of immigrants. And so even though they're not reaching the native population, and this is, again, we've talked about this before, that has nothing to do with race per se, whether you're, um, you know, African-American or Hispanic or Caucasian or Asian, generally after one generation, after a family has been in the United States for two generations across the board, there's less and less receptivity to the gospel. And so where there's a place where there's no immigrants, basically, we don't experience the growth that others might experience. And so, yeah, it's just like, yeah, we we share these stats uh, because, as I said, we need to recognize in our conference, and I, I'm really excited because we have administration that does recognize these stats. Like they're they they're tuned yeah. in and they know that lots has to change. But um, yeah, something's got to give. And again, we've mentioned this time and time again. But something's got to give. And something's I love I love this picture that it creates because I think you know if you look at a church itself and you look at okay, well we've got like a soup kitchen going and we've got you know. Uh, young adult going and we've got youth ministries going, we've got this and this and this, and those things are great. But then if you look at the statistics and stuff isn't adding up, it just gives you a much clearer picture. I think sometimes kind of like a basketball team. If you've got a coach who's doing, you know, this new, um, new defense or, or that new offense, or just really, really, on the cutting edge of things and moving things along. But if you're continuing to lose games, um, you know, that's a stat that shows you that yeah. something needs to be yeah. different. Yeah. And again, like you said, we've said baptisms aren't everything. And we've no. mentioned many times before, it's not all about the baptisms, but if you are making disciples, there will come a time when those people choose to be baptized as a public declaration that they want to join themselves to Jesus um, and the body of Christ. Uh, so, and you say, well, that's nice, you know, you're, you're, uh, that's a peculiar problem to your region of the world. I live in Africa or I live in Europe, but I would say that First of all, as we mentioned before, what happens here in northern New England is, I think, a a sign of things to come in other parts of the United States because, um, again, if we're not reaching native populations, our church is going to become increasingly irrelevant. So anyway, what we want to talk about jumping off from there is that one of the issues, and we've kind of alluded to this before when we did our episode on, um, you know, what's the role of the pastor, uh, but one of the, one of the reasons that uh, we see stagnation and decline is because I think there is this expectation from many church members in a traditionalist mindset that there is a one person in the whole church who is expected to utilize 
his or her gifts. And that person is? Drum roll, please. The pastor. The pastor. Boom, there it is. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, the pastor at our church, which would be Sean, does not have all the gifts. Oh, (laughs) thank you, Camille. You're welcome. Yes. I'm I'm just going to throw that out there. I had come to this episode thinking that I had all the gifts and you've just burst my bubble. (laughs) No, as a matter of fact, uh, kind of one of the reasons I was thinking in this direction was because I just had one of my church members share with me an interesting conversation they had been having with another church member. And that is that there is some dissatisfaction among some of my church members with my performance as the pastor. And this church member I was speaking to said that she or he, it was a she, uh, had kind of like an epiphany And that was that some of those dissatisfied church members had it in their mind that I was supposed to be doing the same things that previous pastors had done, which they appreciated. So to make it really plain, some previous pastors were very, very, very good about having a high visitation schedule. And when, you know, somebody stubbed their toe, the pastor was there. And, you know, just on call 24-7 and, uh, you know, anything that would go wrong or anyone needed a visit at any time and, you know, they would they would be visiting like all the time. That tends to be more of, and we're going to get into the gifts here in a minute, but that tends to be a shepherding type of gifting. And this church member of mine said it occurred to her that for some church members, I was never allowed to utilize the gifts that I've been blessed with. And they were, they, they're trying to put me into a box that may not be my gifting. And as the individual said, you know, previous pastors may have been really gifted at shepherding, but which is great. But their preaching wasn't great. But their preaching wasn't great, or they weren't visionary in their thinking. And so the church didn't really go anywhere. anywhere. And so she was just saying, you know what, maybe shepherding is not your gifting, but God has called you here to set forth a vision that the church has not had before. Like, this is where God is taking us as as uh, as a church, and this is the vision we see for the future. And this is what we're trying to reach. And this is what you know we need to we need to not uh, waver from trying to go to a better place as a church. I'm saying spiritually, of course, and and missionally. And so it was like a light was turned on. And I, I've been thinking about, about this a lot lately as well. And so the bottom line is that God has gifted every single church member with some gifting. And the pastor is not the only person who is supposed to have all the gifts. He's not, the, he, as a matter of fact, he or she does not have all the gifts. The pastor has been given gifts by the Holy Spirit. But he is supposed to or she is supposed to use those gifts as they are complemented by 
somebody, other people in the congregation. Hopefully I'm explaining this in a coherent manner. Maybe I'm not gifted as a teacher. I don't know. Uh, but so what are we talking about when we talk about the gifts? Camille, what, so what, what, there's, there's five gifts that are specifically mentioned in um, Ephesians, I believe it's 4, mm-hmm. 11 through 16. And um, so the, the five are apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. And um, Sean, do you want to read those? Yeah, absolutely. So so, uh, this is Ephesians 4, verse 11 and onwards, the next few verses. Uh, This is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, And he, that is Christ, himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors or shepherds, as it's elsewhere uh, uh, translated, and sub-teachers. And now this is the reason why God has gifted the body in this manner. For, this is the purpose, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love and may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every part does its share. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so... So basically you're saying... Yes. That if a pastor is gifted in shepherding, Mm -hmm. he needs to make sure that he surrounds himself or finds people within his church who are apostles or teachers Mm -hmm. or, you know, someone that can complement the gifts that he has. That's right. He or she has. Yeah, he or she. And, and, And everybody in the body needs to be utilizing their gifts because that's the only way the body is going to be built up. And stay vibrant and alive. Yeah. And so sometimes we think, and as we've mentioned before in that episode about pastoring, um, sometimes we think, well, the pastor definitely needs to be gifted in shepherding. Like that's what the pastor is supposed to do. As a matter of fact, I just, I just had uh, a young little girl who's uh, goes to one of our who goes to our school that our church runs, um, and I was just happening. I just happened to be sharing uh, a testimony from my own experience where, I, a few years ago, I was praying, God, give me a heart for people, and she's like, "Now this girl's what." 12, 11 years old, maybe. She's like, isn't that your job? <laughs> she like said it right blunt like that to me. And I was like, well, and uh, anyway, the point is my prayer, not that I didn't like people before, but I used to enjoy, as we mentioned last week, sitting in my office and, you know, reading deep theologies, right, Camille? Yeah. And writing scholarly papers. And, and um, now I just, all I want to do is be with people. Um, that's not necessarily mean I, I have a heart for shepherding. There's a distinction, I think, between shepherding, which tends to focus on the, the body of Christ already, you know, the, the church members. Um, but yeah, we'll go, we'll go over in a second what, what... So there's a test you can take. Yeah. 
What? Where can they well, there, find There's that? many different tests. So, um, I know, personally didn't really like the one I took. I felt like the questions were very yeah, leading. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, fivefoldmissions.org slash fivefoldssurvey. Um, we can put the link to that in the show notes. There's lots of different tests you can take. Um, the point is the body needs to all be working together. And as Camille said, and I, as I was trying to say before, if a, if a pastor comes in and he's gifted and he's not gifted at shepherding, that doesn't mean he's a bad pastor. He just has to make sure that he finds people in the congregation who are good at shepherding and educating the body to know that the pastor is utilizing his gifts or her gifts, and it's not because he's not a spiritual or or you know faithful pastor. If a pastor comes in and he or she is really gifted at shepherding, but not very visionary, and again, we maybe we should we should explain, um, you know, just give a thumbnail sketch of what a these. Rundown. Yeah. So just very quickly. Um, an apostle is somebody who, who tends to be more innovative, creative, um, forward-thinking, trying to raise up new communities, trying to break into new territory. Um, a prophet is someone who uh, tends to point people back to scripture and truth, making sure we are staying faithful to God. You know, sometimes the apostle wants to move forward and say, oh, let's try this and let's try that and let's try that. And he's not really thinking as much about, you know, whether that is is remaining faithful to scripture. And the prophet steps in and, and she says, oh, uh, you know, let's make sure that this is in line with scripture. You know, let's not, let's not move into new territory um, and, and turn our back on what scripture tells us to do. Then the evangelist. The evangelist um, loves to share news, loves to tell people exciting things, which I feel like... If I have something exciting to share, I just want to like... You are going to hear about it. Yeah, you're going to hear about it. Like, whether it's, I found a super good deal at Target, or the fact that, like, I heard a new awesome song that blessed me, I'm going to share that with you. And so, Camille, what did you test out as when you took it? Uh, Chiefly, highest in... Highest in evangelist. And we all knew this before she took the test. I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, she's that's an why evangelist. I wish the questions weren't as leading. I felt like it was like uh, preeminently like, is that the right word to use here? Yeah, just like, yeah, I just, it was an okay test. I would recommend maybe finding a different one. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then um, the last one. No, not the last oh, one. Oh, close to the last one. Um, Shepherd. They're the ones who care for the flock. Um, really? Make sure that everyone's being taken care of. That you they're know they're visiting, being listening to. They're they're being visited. Heard. They're they're heard. Yeah. And then the last one, teacher, um, is someone who is able to explain truth to people in a clear manner, and reword that if they need to, and make it understandable to um, someone who may not be as versed in scripture mm-hmm. or who may not be. Um, as well, I think that may have been my second one, which is probably good because that's like that's what your background. Technically, that's what my degree is in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. The point is, we need to be aware that not nobody is going to have all the giftings, and everybody should be contributing 
utilizing their gifts. Otherwise, the body will be seriously uh, paralyzed and shorthanded. And And it's funny. I feel like we've been using, I've heard this analogy since I was like in grade school. Like, oh, we are the body. We all need to work together. You can't have a full body without an arm or without a leg. Like it sounds Mm -hmm. so cliche, but I, I really feel that if we aren't personally using our gifts, if we're just going and showing up to a program and not utilizing those gifts, we're not fully letting God use us to the potential that he created us for. And I, I have to admit that I used to, and I hear about spiritual gifts tests now, there's different um, there's different types of, like scripture uh, has a few different lists of what the gifts are. And uh, I, I do like the Ephesians one. Um, but when I used to hear like spiritual gifts testing, I used to think, oh, that's so that's so cheesy, and it seems like it just pigeonholes you in whatever category you're in, and, and you're like, well, I'm a I'm a apostle, so I can't go and help that person because you know I'm not a shepherd, and and that's like that's not what we're saying. Like, we all want to grow, we all want to like improve. If if I'm really gifted at, um, you know, uh, evangelism, um. And I'm not really gifted at, uh, you know, apostleship. Then, you know, I, I still want to like try to improve myself in those areas. But it's the most important thing to know is that we identify these gifts so that I know what you are optimally gifted to do. And I want to place you. And this is where the part of stay in your lane comes in. Like, if someone is gifted at at shepherding, if someone is gifted at teaching, we want to make sure that we're putting them into roles that are going to utilize their gifts because that's going to be energizing for them. It's going to be life-giving for them. And I think often what happens is, you know, you kind of have those five or six members or 20 or 30 members who kind of do everything in your church. And we Mm -hmm. end up getting people because they volunteered, which is great, into positions that someone else could be totally qualified um, and do so much better of a job. Not that we're not um, grateful for those who have volunteered and who are who are working and, and striving to do the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I think also one of the other things I think when, when we speak about spiritual gifts, for some reason I feel like through grade school, maybe even through high school, I feel like when we talked about spiritual gifts, it was always referred to in, at least this is how I remember it, is like using your talents for God. And mm-hmm. I always associated that with music. Mm. Like, oh, you know, you can sing or you can play the piano or I played flute. So I did that a lot. And um, I felt like that was a big like. We should have an episode where you just play your flute for people. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> uh, and I can we play the violin. quickly lose a sub- subscribers to yeah, our podcast yeah, yeah um anyway so yeah that's not that's not the bulk of it or that's yeah. not the majority of and, and um i'll give an illustration as to why i think this is so critically important um so uh you know as we are looking at the state of our congregation locally and we are um uh, seeking to move forward. By the way, spoiler alert, 
my gift is primarily apostle. And so knowing this, it's like giving me some freedom and liberation. Isn't that the organizational one? Uh, that was that specific test. I don't, I don't know. I mean, not that I'm like a hundred percent apostle. Yes. What are you, what are you insinuating though? I, I just, I <sighs> found the organization ones to be like right up my alley. Well, I'm very organized in the vision that I see, like that I'm passionate yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, as, as our congregation is seeking to move forward, um, I'm like, let's go. Let's like, you know, this is where we're trying to go. Let's, let's not be deterred from it. And one of our leaders, and I won't mention who it is, um, along the way has been like a little more cautious and like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's make sure that we get everybody on board. Let's make sure that, um, you know, everyone is cared for and that we don't alienate anybody as we move forward. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? It's like, this is where we're supposed to be going. Let's not worry about that. If there's going to be casualties along the way, then that's fine. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. And of course, that is very troubling to this other person. And I was very troubled by the fact that this other person didn't seem to feel the zeal and the fervor, although the individual is excited about it, but is like more conservative and cautious. And so right then and there, like a light bulb was turned on and I was like, you know what? I bet that person is gifted in shepherding, whereas my gifting is apostleship. And sure enough, I took the test, she took the test, and she scored highest in shepherding. And so we're like, okay, we now understand each other. Like, it's not that you don't want, you know, this woman was like, not that she didn't want to keep moving forward. But it's that she just wanted to make sure people were cared for. And she didn't, it's not that she didn't buy into the vision. It's just that she wanted to make sure that we. And you need people like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if it was just me, I'd be like, who cares? You know, if someone's not with us, like get out of our way. Um, Whereas if it was just a shepherd doing it, we would never get anywhere because, oh, but we don't want to offend, you know. Jack or, or Jill or whoever. And so we like, you know, we took the testing and uh, Camille, like I said, took the testing. Ellie took the testing. Cameron did. Um, My think, brother and yeah, sister-in-law. Cameron tested. He was highest in teaching, which is not a surprise either because Cameron no. likes to do that. Ellie he likes was, stats too, which is. Well, there you go. Ellie was uh, um, highest in uh, evangelism yeah. as well, she, which was surprising to her. She. I don't think so, though. I but she she like took the test twice. She's like, <laughs> she, I don't want to throw Ellie under the bus or you know tell secrets. But she took it the first time and she got evangelism. And she's like, no, that can't be right. And then she took it again. And she, even though she knew the questions, she scored highest in that again. So anyway, just knowing the 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 gifts that we each have, we can understand each other better, and we can know how to place each other in. Um, in in uh, positions to succeed and thrive rather than trying to put people into a box and say, you know, why can't you just teach this this week? And it's like, well, I'm not gifted as a teacher. Okay, that's fine. You're gifted as a shepherd. You can care for the people. Um, so I would recommend every missional community do these uh, tests. I would recommend every church do these tests. And so we can you know, build up the body and we can move forward with our, our, uh, mission and, uh, reach the world for Christ. And, um, 
There's a book that I would recommend. I've not actually read it, but I would still recommend it. It is called 5Q by Alan Hirsch. And Alan Hirsch, I've read stuff by him on the fivefold gifts. And uh, he does a lot of really good stuff on on the gifts. So um, check it out. And uh, yeah, we want the body to be built up. We don't want to experience stagnation or decline. We want to experience what God has in store for us as his people, as we're on mission for him. Anything else, Camille, as we land the plane? (laughs) As I wind down this episode, pointing to my watch, yes. Yes. Um, Well, as always, thank you for listening. March 29, get your questions in. Yes, don't forget your questions, and um, we'll see you next time. This has been Mission Lab. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ergang. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Podcast.